You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, guys. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, this week, we are talking premium mapping services. We've all heard about Google Maps. A lot of us use RP data, these sort of services to get information about our mapping. There's also another layer of services out there that provide some serious property information there that goes right down to the detail of underground services, floodplains, bushfire prone areas, all these sort of information that when you start to get really serious in property investment and development make an impact. Today we've got in Dave Bourne and Chris Scott from MNG and more specifically their um, MNG Access to talk about that industry at large and uh, obviously the services provided by MNG as well. Dave, thanks for coming in. Chris, same to you. Yeah, thanks, Trent. MNG specifically is a land cadastral surveyor. We do have a national presence, as you mentioned. But further to that, we do a lot of work through geospatial, so that's aerial LIDAR scanning, mobile laser scanning, utility locating and mapping, which is your, your subsurface infrastructure investigation, hydrographic surveying, cartographics and mapping, geophysical work as well. So I guess this is a lot more technical surveying work other than a quick feature survey that a lot of developers, mum and dads would be aware of but when it comes down to, you know, there's larger land subdivisions that larger clients will look at. Some of those services really do require your bigger surveying businesses out there. We predominantly focus on the land development industry. We have a lot of horizontal integration within the business. So one day you can you have our teams locate your subsurface infrastructure. You might also request a cadastral survey. And from there, you might need all, the, all of that digitised, which runs through our geospatial well, team. That's a really good, important point because entities like Landgate, for example, they're digitising all their surveys these days. It used to be on that old-fashioned book that would be uh, sent in and now everything's being drawn up, all the pre-cales, everything is on their platform. So the whole industry really is, is digitising, right? That's where the industry is going. Dave, I feel pretty fortunate because for the first time ever, MNG's also been uh, happy to offer our listeners a bit of a sweetener today to give MNG Access a try. Yeah, thanks a lot, Trent. And for every new client that looks at MNG Access, we are happy to provide a free demonstration, a 14-day trial. And, and for your valued listeners, we've decided to put a, a 10% discount on the table for if they decide to subscribe for, for their first year. Mate, big thank you to you guys, both yourself and Chris and whoever's making those big decisions at the, at the top. It's something that I think a lot of people will be really interested in and a lot of there's a lot of listeners out there who are currently probably using other services that do part of this and, and today I wanted to talk to you guys about the value that you guys offer because from, from my opinion you guys seem to bring a lot of those data points together where finally I can just use one service. Today's conversation is obviously about the, the broader uh, digital space when it comes to that mapping solution. Another mapping solution that we definitely use as developers and investors these days is Intramaps. A lot of listeners would be aware of Intramaps on a council basis. You go and check there for your R codes and have a look if there's any other piece of information you need to check. Chris, you used to work for Intramaps, didn't you? Yeah, that's correct, Trent. Yeah, I used to work for Digital Mapping Solutions and Technology One who provide Intramaps. One thing I noticed that is a little bit unique about those services is that there's not a uniformed outcome with Intramaps across each of the councils, right? You go to one council, City of Bayswater, for example, they've got three or four different layers. You go to the City of Mandra, they might have other levels of information. Why is that? The system is really designed around users and uh, what they need and what they want within the council itself. And each council has, although everyone does the same thing, they, they do it all slightly differently and different priorities. 
obviously as developers we want to see the planning layer which i'm sure uh, you would note has most of the information uh, when it comes to contours and zoning structure plans all those things i would love it if you still got some contacts at interim apps i would love it if uh, the message got through to them that we'd really like a standardized amount of information However, uh, when it comes to that information, I guess uh, that's one free resource where people would be looking at. You know, Google Maps is another. We can look at certain government entities when there's some layers there. But today we're talking about those premium mapping services where it's all bundled into one and it becomes a lot more efficient on a feasibility basis as well as a risk mitigation basis. This is our platform of choice, MNG Access, these days at Strategic. Tell us about that product and generally across the market, obviously, you guys work at MNG, but what is the market providing more sophisticated developers and investors these days? So MNG Access is really developed for the land development industry, uh, very specific towards that, where some of the other applications you mentioned can be used in all different areas of, of interests. So we, we very much focus on land development and all the specific layers of information that really help land developers make critical decisions day to day help them mitigate risk and have everything together in, in as Dave said, in, in a, as a one-stop shop. A podcast is probably the worst type of platform to think about explaining this service uh, when it comes to getting out to the listenership. But just like any mapping platform, you log in and straight away you come to a, a map system, you plug in your address you're after. And one thing that I've found really cool is that there's just so much information on, on the legend tab, I guess, that you're ticking on and off, just like an intramaps, for example, but it just goes that much further, right? Not only have we got super high res photos, which are up to date generally and um, not at that Google Maps standard where most of us were used to two, three years ago, that's what it was. It doesn't seem to line up as a developer. You look at a site next door, you've driven there, you know there's a triplex next door, but it's not showing up on Google Maps. Uh, with MNG, you can see that. It's it's within a couple of months what's going on. You can track your development without having to go out to site. I find that really interesting too. But more to the point, all those different layers, can you talk us through not only the planning layers, the infrastructure layers, but also a lot of you know, even things you would expect from a service like RP Data, where you're getting a lot of historical sales value too. Our land development clients utilize MNG Access for, for as you said, that high resolution image. So they, they would like to know how their project is tracking over time. The quarterly updates that we get as a standard from our high resolution image provider assist with that. Alongside that, they want to be able to understand what planning information they do require for, for a certain site. If there is certain environmental constraints, a big one that I've seen is, is contaminated sites. We can link through to a remediation or contamination report from the certain government authorities and what that means for the user is instead of having five or ten different websites open. Yeah, uh, which I've noticed a lot, right? My whole my whole Google Chrome would have four or five different tabs of all these different mapping services trying to patch them together, yeah. right? So we bring all of that into one easy-to-use system. Keeping it simple for the developer means they can log in, find the information they need very quickly, and then get back to doing what they need to do, um, whether it's feasibility, due diligence, or, or assessing their project over time. Straight away, you, know, you, you realize you've there's so many layers, you start to get a little bit confusing sometimes if you have them all turned on. But the ones that I'm using a lot are certainly the R codes layer, which generally should be up to date because I assume you're feeding that through from local governments, right? And they should be fairly up to date. Something that you don't see a lot of with local governments, you know, structure plan boundaries and local planning schemes, seeing what covers what. But I'm really starting to get a lot more complexity in my feasibility by being able to access things like acid sulfate source, as you said, Dave, floodplain areas, which is something that is becoming more and more 
of an issue when it comes to stormwater and soak wells, these sort of things. Heritage places, people can get caught out with that too. And then just having, I, I cannot stress enough how important this is, having an up-to-date map with the sewers and drainage and power that you'd have to go to Dole before you dig on and wait for a, you know, a couple of hours to get, all at your fingertips, it can be the difference. I think the power of the system really is that currency, as you mentioned. I think one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is actually streaming and downloading the information from various government sources on a very regular basis so that you always are confident that what the sort of analysis that you're doing is up to date and is really accurate. So how up to date is this information? If one of your information providers put this information out a couple of weeks ago, are we expecting that you guys would have it within a couple of days at our fingertips? The premium layers or the, the layers that are used most of the time based on the, the way we source our data using open data standards from various government suppliers, we actually download that on a weekly basis. When it comes to the usage side of things, I've noticed that as, you know, there's a handful of these services out there. Some of them, they charge on data, you know, how much you download, and it's hard to know how much you've used, to be honest, on a daily basis. Some are a monthly or a yearly subscription. For starters, if you can, can, not just with MNG, but just around the industry, what do you think most people will be expecting to pay for these services? And how do they get costed in the industry? Yeah, it really depends on, on the use case for the business. Some businesses will, will look to pay uh, and some premium mapping services will charge up to about $30,000 a year. MNG starts uh, at about twelve fifty for our clients. And, and we do have a range of different subscriptions there depending on the use case and the need for each client. What would be the use case that you see most often and, and what would they be taking up as a service? Majority of our clients look at our, our premium layers and they, they start at about the, the $3,000 mark and, and it moves up from there. Again, it really depends on what the client or the, or the end user is after um, and what layers and, and information they do need. You know, I found really cool, and it took me a while to actually figure this out, is that those high-res pictures, they actually come from fellas getting in a plane and flying across our state. When you think about Google and satellites and high-res satellite images, a lot of people just expect it's coming from outer space. But these are real people getting in a Cessna with a, with a camera, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've actually got our own camera and plane that we do smaller pockets and subdivisions for clients. So as part of our aerial laser scanning, that also takes the, f- the photogrammetry. So... Uh, we do have some clients that do look at that quite regularly with us as well. How often are we getting these planes flying above us taking photos? From our side, it's sort of a, as as the clients do need it. But with our, our third-party providers for, for the large-scale mapping, that, that's generally on a quarterly basis. That's sort of what you need. And I'm assuming that if any of your clients needed something straight up, I need something next week, there would be services for that. And that would be something that I guess would be normalized across the industry. Most people in the the industry would offer those services. Yeah, absolutely. I think the point of difference for us is that in a tool like MNG Access, we provide through our partners, we provide that imagery across Australia. So it's across the entire country and you can rely on that every capital city, you're going to have up to about four four flights a year. Filling in the gaps, we do provide that. So as a, as a custom service for people, if, if they need any sort of work done in a particular subdivision, for example, they'll give us a call and we can, we can do that ad hoc. I love the fact that it's a national service and that the access is national as well. You've got some providers I've noticed who are simply state by state. And most people would be very used to RP Data's mapping service, right? It's not as up to date. 
and it's also a state-by-state service. For example, I don't have access to Queensland if I don't pay for Queensland services. And the cool thing I've noticed about MNJ Access, which is why, and again, this isn't a sell for anyone listening, this is just my experience, is that you can actually get, and this is a detail that most other mapping services don't provide, you can actually get property data based on that. So if you highlight the lot tab and the lot numbers, you can actually click on the houses like you would be able to with an RP data and check on historical sales values, who owned it, what they paid for it, when they paid for it. That's what most people use RP data for. I think that's pretty cool. And it segues into that next conversation that I guess Chris can be super helpful on is, where's the industry going? What's the future technology of this space? Because I think it's just limitless, isn't it? There's so many data points we can grab. That's right. I think the the system is as, only as good as the data. And we're very grateful that we can bring all of the data from different states into our one-stop shop and display that for our users. But what we show is in WA, we have a very good streaming service, very good open data platform where we can get that data. Sometimes in the other states, it's not as easy to get. So one thing that we're really focusing on is is the ability to to mix and match. And we supply as much data as possible based on each state but we are also allowing our users to upload some of their own as well. So well, that's um, cool. to really mitigate. Yeah. Are there any integrations you're seeing sometime in the near future that people should be looking out for and go, oh, this, this would be really helpful? We're very much in the business of partnering with, with like-minded digital companies. Uh, at the moment, the power is the data that we supply. But we also, as I said before, not just giving the users the ability to upload their own data, but maybe they have their own aerial imagery and they might want to be able to access that as well. And um, using their licenses, being able to, to view that in access, but using their own license stuff. So you're talking about people with their own drones, for example, bringing that information as an open source sort of access? Maybe not drones, particularly, because um, at this stage, the author rectification and all of the processing that's required for that imagery is probably a bit out there. We are looking at some standard open formats. So as long as they have their data in what the OGC or the Open Standard Consortium has, uh, we, we're looking to support as much as we can. I guess this service is all about solving problems. And a lot of it is just making things more accessible, making it easier, quicker for a lot of us. The next level of problems that some services in the industry are providing as well is not only demonstrating the R code as a layer or a map, but visualizing it as well. Have you guys looked into that? Have you have you seen where that, that's going in the industry where if it's zoned R80, you might be able to block that out as a layer? Have you seen that, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. So one of, one of the things we're focusing on, MNG Access is a 2D GIS solution, linking to the 3D and the mm. BIM models um, mm. to provide that digital cadaster and the digital layers. One example is uh, a lot of council organizations provide the building height layers and the, the R This is where I'm going, right? Yeah. How cool would it be to see this? See it floating. So we're definitely looking at, at 3D partnerships and being able to sort of link out from our tool into, into the 3D world. A big reason that developers, investors use mapping services and pay for it, especially myself, if I can talk on my own behalf, is, is really hunting for new opportunities. It's that feasibility before I even found a property. It's trying to find the most efficient way to actually identify on a mass scale which properties might be useful to me based on zoning, based on location, based on what other infrastructure is around, local planning schemes, right? And all that data is obviously sitting there on these platforms as different layers. You guys got an analytics service, I guess, in there where we can search from a spatial, from a, a geographical basis, right? Can you talk to that, Chris? Primarily, MNG Access is a, an inquiry tool. 
as we've discussed. But so we're on the, the map. We're look. We're, we've we've got an open space looking at let's say Bayswater as an example. Right, Bayswater train station is is right in the middle of the map. How do we use the software in a really powerful way? Yeah, the next step and the way that we're developing the solution is to be able to provide the ability to select all of the properties within a vicinity, a user-entered distance from a train station, and then cross-reference with the planning scheme that it's within and the R codes it's within and produce a final report based on a custom solution. Like a radius search, really, based on zoning from a particular waypoint. Yeah, that's right. So we're looking to do spatial querying in that way and, and develop the system in that way. So is that a future thing or is that something that we can do at the moment? It's, it's on our product roadmap to really streamline. We currently have it as a, as a beta at some, some organizations and they really love it. Well, that means it's coming out soon then, right? It's something that's definitely within, I'd say, the short term. It's on the roadmap, yep. That's really cool. And I, I when I think about how I use other services, again, I keep harking back to the default for so many being RP data and the limitations that has, you know, the limitations for me, again, not as old as Google Maps, but older mapping uh, images that come up. When you search on a radius basis, it's quite limited what you can search for and, and where you can search from, right? It does come up with a really good list because it pretty much has every property in, in the country. But when it comes to searching via zoning, when it comes to searching via planning schemes, it, it, it's limited on that information base. And it's often, I guess, the unfortunate part of that service, dirty data. A lot of it is either really old data or it's user input data, which is just incorrect half the time. And that really s- sort of slows down my searches. But I love how, because these are actually, I guess, API'd, ported into a, a lot of current mapping services or data points, it's going to be a lot cleaner, I assume. That's right. So as Dave said at the start, the streamlined interface and but also the speed so everybody wants this information and we we're in a digital world where anything more than a couple of seconds and we get antsy so it's really something that we focus on is centralizing all the data and being able to provide that to our our users in a very very fast and efficient way guys i want to say a big thank you guys for coming in Uh, And the reason is because we've brought this audience for nearly four years now from that initial journey of uh, a lot of people being basic property investors to now having a listenership of some really complex, sophisticated people. A lot of those mum and dads who have now come out into, you know, doing their own triplexes and small land subdivisions, things like that. So our sophistication as a listenership has certainly grown over time. And my recommendation to those listening who can see the value in I would say between two and four thousand dollars a year for this access. This is the difference for a lot of people when it comes to their ability to quickly, efficiently, and in a risk mitigated way. And I always talk to that aspect: uh, find opportunities in property. Without a service like this, uh, whether it's MNG or possibly others, but I, I think we've spoken to a lot of the value I see in MNG today. Without that, there are too many gaps, in my opinion, for making mistakes. As we said at the start, there is a discount code. I feel so fortunate that all you guys had that opportunity to get access to that. Again, TPPSMNG22. Log into mngaccess.com.au. Get in there. Get the same access that I've got. Grab a hold of that 10% discount. And MNG will also know how many people we've got uh, listening as well, moving into that space. Dave, Chris, thanks so much for coming in. I really appreciate the chat about the premium mapping space in the market, especially with regards to Western Australia. Look forward to having you back in to chat about what new technologies you've got coming up in the the next year. Thanks a lot, Trent. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. 
Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!